There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to Dice to Roll, the greatest Pathfinder podcast on planet where you ask the hard questions like, which god would smite you for rolling a bad joint? Caden <laughs> Kalen. Yeah, Caden yeah. yeah. No, I disagree. Caden Kalen would... <laughs> no, I have a funnier answer. Okay. Yeah. Asmodeus. Uh, <laughs> okay, see, Asmodeus I could imagine, right? For, for multiple reasons. If there's two scenarios, one is he's pro-weed, the other he's not pro-weed. If he's not pro-weed, he smites you for smoking weed. If he's pro-weed, he smites you for smoking weed poorly. Yeah. I think it's because he's smiting you for smoking weed poorly. Because I think that he's down for literally anything, um, but you need to do it the exact way that he thinks is right. Fuck you. Especially, I think he'd be mad even if you didn't worship him. But if you, like, worship him and you, like, live in Cheliax... He kills you. And you go to hell forever. He goes, yeah! <laughs> He'd be so mad. That's my opinion. If you do drugs wrong, you go to hell before you die. My my take. Mm-hmm. I think Iomade would. I I was about to say I think it'd be really funny if Iomade killed you for rolling a bad job. I, ha- I have I have. I also was about to say it before. I have a reason to say Iomade, and it's because uh, canonically there is an adventure pad. I won't say which for spoiler reasons. Where you meet Iomade. And she's in a bad mood because some bad things have happened to her recently. And you're supposed to come in here and save the day, but she needs to test you. And if you are rude to her, she fucking, like, uses an angelic chorus to fucking, like, make your head, ro- like, ring. Because she's like, okay, pay attention this time. Bong! <laughs> so I'm just imagining, on that same day, Iomade is really distressed. She's, ma- she's mad because some spoiler stuff has happened, but she is really distressed. And then you come in and says, hey, Ayamade, look what I made for you. She takes it. She makes a face and she's like, die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does do that. She does do that and say that. Yeah. Honestly, I think most of them would would smite you for rolling a shit joint. Yeah, who wouldn't is the better question. We've established Caden Kalen wouldn't. He would give you a a second chance. And then he would kill you after the second chance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erastal, uh, because I don't think Erastal would understand what a bad joint is, and I think he would just kind of want to be there to support you. He's not real. He's canonically new to progressive stuff, and he's trying to be supportive of like gay people, which he. I still think it's <laughs> fucking hilarious that he's canonically new to being supportive <laughs> of things. I also think that it's really funny that, um, because I, 
it, 1E was like super different. Uh, some of the stuff that you weren't allowed to do under the gods in 1E is actually hilarious to me. <laughs> if you kill yourself, you go to hell now. <laughs> like Erastal was specifically anti-abortion, which is extremely funny. <laughs> they, they changed that real fast but if you go into the old books it does say that he is massively pro-life he has changed his mind he's apologized to the woman he made community. a youtube apology he, he, he needed to make an apology Dude. video i'm sorry everyone i made a misstep i am new to all of this i made a continuous lapse in judgment <laughs> uh regardless Regardless, would we like to play some Pathfinder? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, previously in Fists of the Ruby Phoenix, our heroes encountered the single best character in Dice Roll, uh, Prince Moku, son of King Mogaru, a giant dinosaur kaiju baby who was left on this island as essentially bait for King Mogaru to attack Goka. Being an average adventuring party, you immediately adopted him and took him on your adventures. Yeah. We, we are not immune to this. Who also is? being an average adventuring party, you immediately encountered some uh, extreme trauma in the junkyard where you faced your fears and fought against a uh, monstrous Orochi uh, built from your own nightmares. After defeating this Orochi, which was extremely cathartic for everyone, all of you witnessed one of the final visions of Sindara, which told you... The reason that Sindara was holding this extreme grudge against Hao Jin was because he was accidentally trapped by her in his own demiplane for 300,000 years. Mm, you know, happens to the best of us. Fucked up. So you kind of understand where he's coming from. <laughs> A little bit. I don't support it, but I get it. Yeah, you're like, you're wrong, but I, I see what's happening here. Yeah. <laughs> um... Now, with the all but one of the Contra the Deep fragments in your hands, the three of you, along with Kader and Moku, make your way towards the Glass Lighthouse to face off against Sindara's champions and enter the Glass Lighthouse. And everyone, I'm gonna drop you into character now. Sound good? Wee! Okay. Yeah. Wee! So, Sanku, Masami, and Chuji. The three of you make your way through the fractal jungle, passing through the mountain ridges, the lakes, the jungle undergrowth, all these clashing biomes under a permanently midnight sky. Following behind you is uh, Moku, who is uh, still waving around the beliefs that are gifted to him by Chuji. And standing in front of you is Kader, who is uh, showing you the way towards the glass lighthouse. That being said, at this point, she's not necessarily exactly needed because you can see it. This massive tower of glass with a glowing light atop it, which shines out over the entire island. I'm going to ask, how are you three doing as you make your way towards the final destination of your adventure? Tech is pretending he didn't cry really hard earlier. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm totally fine. I think, I think, I think Senku is, um, I think he's, I think he's okay right now. I, I think he sort of feels just worried about Tino's toughest. 
now that they've done basically everything else, he's just really, really concerned about them and finding them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously everything else, but um, his immediate concern is the fact that they have not found them yet. Juji, Masami? Um, I think Juji's not all that thrilled knowing exactly what kind of uh, fucked up um, Sindara is and that they will have to deal with him like completely. Uh, they... They absolutely want to fuck up this guy because I I feel like I don't talk about how much it upsets Chuji that um, Goka was destroyed. Um, they they love where they grew up. Uh, and no way in hell are they going to feel any sort of sympathy for someone that destroyed their home city. They took he took your fucking mom's museum. Yeah, no, literally that that's also part of it. Um, that place was incredibly fucking important to Chuji, incredibly important to Chuji's mom. Um, <laughs> they want this dude dead, I'm not gonna fucking lie. Uh, just because they understand, like, that he got really fucked up, um, does not make them any less furious with him. Uh, cause fuck this guy. I, I just don't think I, I mentioned how much it, like, kills Chuji. Chuji's about to get the final blow on this one. <laughs> they fucking want it. They want this motherfucker dead. <laughs> Sick of his ass. And Masami, how are you doing? I think Masami has a lot on their mind right now. Um, they understand why Sindara is feeling like this and acting in the way that he is. But in the same vein, they are with Chuji as well. They can't forgive him for destroying Goka in the way that he did. Um, and they can't forgive him for taking and likely torturing Tino's toughest. And at the forefront of their mind, I think they want to get the last shard and information from both him and the Ruby Phoenix about the entire story because they've been trying to investigate this entire thing from day one. It wasn't just the Oni's Mask. Well, at first it was just the Oni's Mask, but it grew into this entire thing and now they want to see the end of it. They want to see, like, the entire story to its conclusion and figure out what the fuck I think as you're all walking, uh, Kader has not been very talkative. She's not a talkative person in general, but you can tell that she has not been as chipper mm -hmm. ever since you showed her Moku and she kind of realized, hey, my boss is not the person he said he was. But she is dutifully leading you along, and Moku is very happily stomping after you all, kind of chirping. He nuzzles you, Chuji, from behind like he wants to go play. Can we play, uh, please? Not now, man. I, I, you have the. He uh, wa he waves to Fetter. Look how good that thing is, right? <laughs> he he holds out for you. He wants you to wave it. Ooh, they grab it and they wave it. Moku stomps around a little bit and he's 
starts he makes a few more noises um <laughs> i love him as as this is happening uh lolo kind of like on your shoulder sanku looks to the rest of you and says um so this is the final one isn't it yeah yeah it is <sighs> the champion's gate I'm a little nervous as to what we'll have to deal with, but I know that we can get through it. I mean, it's... To me, at least, it seems fairly straightforward who will be fighting. Sindara's champions, there's only one group that can be, isn't it? Are you ready for round three? I'm gonna kick their ass, and they're gonna leave us alone after that. I hate them so much. I hate them so much. I've been ready for round three for a long time. Yeah, I've been ready for round three since we finished round two. Maybe this time they'll take the hit and go die somewhere. Or we could do it for them. True. What's the plan? <laughs> Are you... At this point, they're truly villainous. We could arrest them and bring them back to Goka, but... Uh... I mean, I'm not gonna play vigilante for them. If they want to go down so bad, they can go down. At this point, they cease to be people. Only monsters. And they're people. Shitty, they're yeah. shitty-ass people. Hmm. I I don't like um, killing or anything, but if they go down in battle, then yeah. I'm not gonna, like, kill them if they if we knocked them down and stuff, though. But if they, if they fight lethally, I suppose it's only right to respond in kind. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Kader kind of clears her throat and says, Well, um, I'm sorry to interrupt Radiant Winds, but... And she turns and points, and there it is. The glass lighthouse. We're here. Are you okay? It doesn't matter if I'm okay or not. I'm just your guide. Yeah, it does. You're also a friend. I think that makes her eyes widen. She looks, like, shocked by that. So, Am I? You've been helpful this entire time, and you've talked to us. We make friends basically everywhere we go. Hmm. Just because the circumstances are kind of weird doesn't mean that you're not our friend or anything. But I'm supposed to see you all killed. Mm, you won't. Do you want us to die? She just kind of looks up at the lighthouse and says, I don't know what it means to want. Well, I mean... You were created, what, not too long ago? It's not... Of course you're not going to have everything figured out. Mm-hmm. Six months, 14 days, seven hours. That is not enough time to figure things out, honey. Well, you learned how to talk way faster than I did. I was born <laughs> knowing how to talk. That is a result of the awakening ritual. It's pretty cool. But... Just know that... I do consider you a friend. I know the circumstances are really, really weird. But... I like making friends. And you've been really nice. And very helpful. I don't think she says anything. I think she just kind of looks at you all and she's about to open her mouth to say something when suddenly there's a noise and Moku launches himself from behind and licks her and she goes, Ah! <laughs> and she kind of pushes him away but smiles a little bit. And she bows and says, I hope you win. Thank you. Oh, honey, you'll see us win. <laughs> she smiles a little bit and gestures ahead and says, 
after you. I'll stay here with Moku. Thanks. All right. Keep each other safe. We'll be back soon. Yeah. So, do you guys make your uh, way forward towards the glass lighthouse? Yeah. Okay. You walk closer and you see that this island kind of stops abruptly. And then there's like a sea that seems to stretch on into infinity. And then maybe half a mile out, there's the lighthouse. But there's this impossibly churning sea. And Sanka, you know that there is no way you can cross that on foot. And honestly, even if you were to fly, you have a feeling that you just wouldn't get any closer. The same as you did on that uh, when you were in the airship before, you know? Mm. The land ends abruptly and gives way to a churning, impossible sea. About a half mile out is the glass lighthouse, standing on top of an island. Everything here is made of black stone, and the water churns so toughly that you know that it would be impossible to cross yourself. The winds whip in a way that makes you know that to fly across would be to end your own life. Sanku, Masami, and Chuchi, as you all approach, you see that there is something jutting out of one of those uh, rocks. An altar. And atop that altar, unguarded, is the final conch of the deep fragment. Oh boy. Um, Masami, can you sense any magic over there? Because I don't like that it's unguarded. Masami sniffs the air. <laughs> there's magic fucking everywhere. This is a demiplane. But mm. there's no particularly... Like, obviously, the conch is magical. The conch is magical as hell. Mm -hmm. But you don't see anything that trips you up. Mm. It seems to have legitimately been left out. But there's no sign of the final Hungry Ghost, the champions. Well, there's no magic. At least no, no magic guarding this. Hmm. Wherever they are, they're either hiding to ambush us or waiting for us somewhere else. Somewhere around here or in there. Well, I ain't got all day. Are you going to take it, uh, Chuji? Yeah. Sink okay. is holding his staff out just in case. Okay. Chuji, you take the final piece of the uh, Conch of the Deep. And you see a final vision. <clears throat> the crowd cheers as fist connects with face, sending the victim sprawling. Gomwai, leader of the Goka Knee Breakers, surges forwards, fist clenched. The hobgoblin champion of the Golden League roars as his enemy is knocked sprawling. This is not how it was supposed to go. This was supposed to be an easy fight. The Golden League had made a deal with another treacherous band of villains, the Aspis Consortium, to get into the Ruby Phoenix Finals unopposed. But the Consortium's team, the Coltung crew, had their cheating uncovered and had been disqualified. And now the real opponents of the finals were not going to throw this fight. Facing them are the Lodgers of the Lantern, led by the Hobgoblin Sylph Vortanu. The Sylph ducks, aims their firearm, and blasts at Gumwai, who roars in anger, throwing another punch. The fight is fast, it is brutal, but it is the greatest the crowd has ever seen. 
As Vortana uses an air blast to throw themselves into the sky, they take careful aim and shoot Gumwai in the chest, knocking him to the floor, devastated by the attack. The fight is over, and the Lodgers of the Lantern have won the 29th Ruby Phoenix Tournament. Far more happened during this tournament than the end. There were pyramids of water, returning villains from previous tournaments, brine dragons, two-headed oni, and more. But these are a tale for another day. Our tale today concerns the prize the Lodgers of the Lantern picked. Most other teams would choose the most obvious of prizes. The Oliphant of Erados, a massive mechanical elephant that could uh, take its travelers anywhere. The Mask of Infinite Worlds, which lets you see beyond our plane into all others at once. But the Lodgers of the Lantern were the historic sort, and they chose the most powerful artifact of all. An unassuming, mundane-looking tapestry, rolled away and tucked into a corner. For the first time in 300 years, the Ruby Phoenix Tapestry opened. The Lodgers worked alongside the Globetrotting Adventurers Guild, the Pathfinder Society, to put the tapestry to good use. Many long-forgotten civilizations still thrive within the Woven Museum. The Dog Pharaoh's Tomb, a mighty Osirian ruin. A city of long-forgotten lizardfolk thrived. The Onhe people, who worshipped the Ruby Phoenix of Myth as a literal deity. The Pathfinder Society was able to use the tapestry to forge shortcuts through reality, allowing for a day of travel to bypass that which would normally take months. There was a lighthouse, yes, but none dared approach it high in the mountains. Years passed, with the tapestry being explored for treasure and used as a shortcut through worlds. And then, three years ago, the Pathfinder Society uncovered something unusual. The tapestry was dying. The restorative powers of the tapestry were fading, and none in the society could fix it. When it unraveled, everyone inside the tapestry would be thrust into the astral plane and suffocated in the void. There was nobody who could solve this. Nobody except the Ruby Phoenix herself. The society had found her, made desperate by the impending cataclysm on their hands. For some reason, it seemed that 300 years ago, she had given herself willingly to the Masters of Axis. In exchange for her memories of the tapestry's creation and her detention in the plane of Axis, the tapestry was not destroyed, something she was very insistent of. She even voluntarily put her genius to work improving the city. The Lodgers of the Lantern traveled to Axis alongside the Pathfinder Society and asked for her help, and though the tapestry was far to unravel to save, they could perform a ritual to safely get everyone out of the tapestry. But this ritual would require the Ruby Phoenix to leave Axis, something which the Masters were uncertain of. After all, the Haojin Tapestry violates at least 53 principles of astral safety, and in turn triggers 12 separate instances of multidimensional uncertainty and instability. Safer techniques exist which achieve similar results as what she did, but Haojin embraced an unintuitive and untested methodology, all compounded by a sorceress disregard for cosmic calculus. To decide her fate, Haojin was put on trial in Axis in order to determine the correct outcome. The Lodgers of the Lantern convinced Haojin to fight for her freedom and then helped her win that trial, releasing her from detention. The Phoenix was able to complete the ritual, and while the tapestry was destroyed, its contents were free. And so was she. And so was Sindara. 
To be back in reality after 300,000 years is a maddening thing, like waking up from a never-ending nightmare. His only thoughts were of revenge. He learned of what had happened, that Hao Jin had gone to Axis to redeem herself for 300 years. Laughable. And she had dared to take his idea for a fighting tournament and use her name for it. And nowhere, nowhere in the history books had he ever been mentioned. No, only the tales of the Ruby Phoenix tournament, the cataclysm, the tapestry's trial. No mention of the sculptor. Imprisoned for a turn of a million years, erased from history. And how Jin gets to be a hero and a legend to her people? No. No, this would not stand. He crafted the perfect punishment as the next Ruby Phoenix tournament drew closer. He would infiltrate it with his own team. A team made to humiliate her. We see a beautiful but deeply sad woman smoking a hookah in the palace of a warlord. As she lies in her silk robe, she looks into the smoke and exhales with tired eyes. Once, Siutak Noir's family had been witches in servitude to a great dictator, a man named Twilight Lord Zhong De Sung. But when his empire fell, her family had been abandoned by their interdimensional patron, and the clan's money faded to nothing. Now she was nothing. Not a witch. Not a princess. She was a concubine with not a trace of power that her family once had. As she blows out some smoke, a portal opens. A hand reaches true. Siutak Noir would find a new patron in the sculptor. A mad monk. A bored noblewoman. An exiled necromancer. They would become a new team, the Lightkeepers. They would facilitate the sculptor's plans directly as needed. Throughout their time on Danger Island, Siutak Noir spied on her enemies with her new familiar, a mot she never bothered to name. Information was fed to the sculptor about the most promising of teams so that he could prepare their trials on his island. At night, the lightkeepers would teleport out of their base to recover in the glass lighthouse, giving them days to regroup every night rather than hours like the other teams. This, incidentally, left their base drenched in conjuration magic, which a certain team uncovered on their journey through Bunmu. It was a pleasant coincidence that the Radiant Winds came to prominence, seeing that Oni's mask had already been hired to oversee the Mogaru attack. When Sindar uncovered the child on his new island, he knew that it was too perfect to pass on. Oni's mask would be enough to strike fear into the most competent of enemy teams, especially the Radiant Winds. And that fool again hired a Blackwinged, who truly thought Sindar would pay him the impossible amount he was owed. He had personal reasons to dispose of them. It was excellent timing. Everything was falling into place. But there was one issue. Sindara wanted Hao Jin to remember. He wanted her to recognize who he was. He wanted her to truly realize the magnitude of her punishment. So he asked of Ginhara one favor. When he was to play the song that would rouse Mugaru into a rampage, he had a request for which song it would be. The same one that played when he first met Hao Jin. The one they'd listened to on the roof. The one that had been on the instruments of the band when they'd had their argument at the confluence of creation. 
When Mogaru rose and Goka fell, the music on the wind would send Haojin falling through time, remembering everything she'd forgotten. And when she died, she'd know who Sindara was. Everyone would. And Division ends. I'm going to make sure that none of them are ever able to fight again. It's a major, major cheating. Do you guys remember that? When you, uh, Masami, I think it was the first thing you ever encountered with your magic sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's your answer. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. <sighs> but also, you did find some other things. Exactly how this happened with Haojin, which, by the way, just so you all know, all of those were playable adventures. I went through like six books from Pathfinder Society to get you the exacts of what happened to Hao Jin. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Huh. That's really cool. That is pretty cool. I can't lie. That's really fun and cool. Interesting. I want to kill these motherfuckers. Yeah, me too. No more Mr. Nice Player. It's... Shuji is so specifically mad because they got so many fucking people out at the tournament, and they were just cheating. It's almost like they were intending on ruining the tournament. <sighs> there were so many people that didn't get a fair chance in this tournament. Like, touch the stars. Yeah. Essentially, just so you know, they went into every fight with full spell slots, full health, uh, renewed items, everything, because all they had to do was just go home, and they could spend a few days recovering. And then they'd go out and kick some more teams' asses. Isn't that so nice? Isn't that so great for them? Um, get fucked. Get so, so, so fucked. Also, Sindara is uh, Sutaknoa's patron. What's up? Yeah, that, what the fuck? That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why I didn't see it coming. Because it makes a lot of sense. Thankfully... Senku has a better and sexier and more epic patron. It is true. I think Lilo possessed me right there. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, but no. <laughs> this is awful and I hate them. I hate the lightkeepers. So much. I know you play them like that on purpose, but you're way too good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Uh but as this as this vision fades, the conch of the deep fragment glows, and then so too does the entire conch of the deep. And it's ready. You've completed it. What do you do now? I I genuinely think that Judy's looking around for them because they want to fight them so fucking bad. Um, they're like pacing around. Are they seriously not here? Um, maybe they're waiting somewhere else? Like I said, they could be hiding here, or they could be inside waiting for us. You know that there's a hungry ghost here one way or another. Kader, like, told you. Hey, assholes, wanna come out? I mean, no one jumps out. I don't think that's gonna get him to come out. Better. You remember who we're dealing with, Chuji. They want to get a rise out of us and make us do something stupid. Well, maybe something stupid needs to be done for them to get their asses kicked. We 
don't need to throw victory away by rushing in, Chuji. It's okay. We'll find them. I'm not throwing anything away. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying I'm pretty sure they're around here. They have to come out and fight us, right? So let's go find them. Okay. The only thing here is the sea before the glass lighthouse. It might be time for you to use the Conch of the Deep. How do we... How do we use this again? Sanku, I cannot believe this. What? Sanku. Come on. What? You're what? literally a sea witch, and you're asking how you would use a conch? I don't Blow know into it! Special? Blow into it like a trumpet! That's how you use a conch! Here, you can get the germs, I don't care. You're so mean to me. You're so mean to me, Lolo. Sanku, I don't have lips. You'll have to do it. He has no <laughs> lips. He's a fucking fish, <laughs> goddammit. How damn will it. he get a kiss kiss? <laughs> okay. I didn't know if there was a special way we're supposed to use this conch. Um, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And he blows. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Senku blows. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking god. <laughs> As you blow it. The ringing of the conch. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I just try to do cool scenes for you guys. I try to be like really cool, mysterious. You're gonna, you're gonna be so mad at me in like less than ten minutes. Anyway, and now you're laughing. This is our fucking revenge against you making us mad. All right. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> With the ringing of the conch, the dark ocean surrounding the island parts ways to reveal a sunken path along the seafloor. Two walls of black water, 50 feet high each, remain to either side as if held by invisible walls. The shadows of trilobites, crustaceans, and other lost creatures flit through the primordial sea. Nestled between the walls of water sits a cracked stone dais, rung with bleachers and seats many of which are damaged by water or covered with outgrowths of sponges and coral. Two 30-foot-tall statues stand on either side of the arena, or at least one does, that of an Axiomite man. His counterpart statue of a Tianshu woman lies in pieces on the arena floor. And with a deep sinking feeling in your chests, you all recognize this place. This is the site of the place that you saw Hao Jin and Sindara fight each other for the first time in your visions, where they talked about how one day they would love to do something like this, to set up a tournament. This is their original training ground. And standing on the far side of the training ground are four silhouettes. Three of them are about your size, one of them is extraordinarily bulky. The wind whips and the water churns. Radiant winds, what do you do? Chuji gets in the stoked flame stance. <laughs> um, I think Senku is sitting on his staff like he's ready to fight while on it. Masami is looking at all of them 
and they have the four energies trocatel out. Mm-hmm. But they also do have a hand on the head taking katana. Okay. Um. Shuji shouts. Hey, cunts, ready to get your asses kicked again? As you call out, now they respond. And their leader steps out of the darkness. And it is not what you might have expected. It's a monster. Uh. What you see resembles a man tangentially. It is shirtless, very tall, um, maybe eight feet tall. Um, uh. <laughs> he has a big bushy beard, unkempt and wild, and his hair is tied up in a, like a little knot, uh, like a top knot. Two massive curling horns come out of his forehead, and tusks come out of his mouth. He has a turd eye in the center of his forehead, and he is extremely fit. He has four muscular arms, and he clutches a giant sword in one hand. And on his chest, there is a horrible, demonic rune scarred into his skin. And you can all tell that this is obviously not a man, but uh, I'd like you all to roll me a, uh, let's say, religion check. Here you go. Okay, um, Chuji, you don't really know. That's a scary fucking guy. Masami and Sankudo, you both know that that is an Akuma. Um, essentially, this is a type of fiend that was... Uh, it's a, a fiend native to our plane. It's not like from hell or from the abyss or whatever. Um, but basically, they are born from humans immediately, you know? Mm. Uh, they're devils, essentially. They're, they're devils, but they're from the material plane? Yeah, basically. Cool. Standing out from behind uh, the Akuma is a gigantic monster. And now that it emerges into the shadows, you can see that it is not... It's muscular, but it's not just muscular. It's very, very, very heavy set. And immediately you can recognize that that is an Oni. Um, she has blue skin, uh, a pair of horns, a pair of tusks, um, almost looking hog-like. Um, she is massive, um, with long, wavy red hair, um, and really, like, just these glowing orange eyes mm -hmm. sliding out from her shadow comes a terrible creature, and I think this startles you, Masami. It's a Gumiho. Uh. A monstrous Kitsune. The worst thing that could happen to one. The way that she shifts, it's almost like she's tree foxes all trapped in one. One white, one red, one black. All three of them kind of overlapping and their fur coiling and swarming over each other. Fuck you. Flits of embers glow from her fur. I fucking hate you, Derry. Masami. And the final something. one. The final one. Kill yourself. Is a Daitengu. Oh. Wearing the armor of a samurai and holding two long whip swords. It looks very much like a Tengu. But its beak is much longer and filled with dog-like teeth. 
black angel wings sprout from its back as it makes its way forward, its eyes a piercing red. And the water around you all ripples. Because you can see in the water hundreds and hundreds of conches of the deep. And you see a vision. King Mogaru rises from the water. He lets out a brat attack and devastates several buildings in one go as lava spews from his lungs. As he stomps forward, music begins to play in the wind and Hao Jin freezes. She looks up into the sky and says, Sindara, you fool, what have you done? She then turns and looks at the others and says, King Mugaru is not here for no reason. I need all of you to take care of this. I shall deal with the one who brought him here. And with that, she vanishes into flame. The, win the finalists of the Ruby Phoenix Tournament look at each other before Steps of the Sun dash forward into the city, followed by the others. The Radiant Winds take a moment to speak to Sanku's father before they too run into the city. But the Light Keepers do not run. They walk calmly. Sutak Noir throws some of her hair over her shoulder a little bit as she is uh, making her way along. Come on, everyone, it's time for us to save the city, she smirks. And so they run into the city, out of sight. Diki Sunam chuckles and says, <laughs> Exactly according to plan. Boston Dyer is going to be real happy with us for this. And um, Hu Yin kind of like sneers and says, We are so getting everything he promised us. As Kanakti exiled, grunts and says, We cut it too close. There were so many times that we could have lost. And Sutakma turns and says, But we didn't. Did we, as Kanak? We never even had to use our full power. We just pretended to be as weak as they all were. And now, we don't need to pretend anymore. When Sindara sees that Mogaru has successfully attacked the city, we shall be able to seek him out and return to the glass lighthouse and... Uh, hey! And the lightkeepers fall silent. Tino Tung. Gig the Big Goblin. Malako. And Zumi all stand, their eyes wide. Zumi looks like she can't believe it. Like she had fate in the lightkeepers all along. Malako looks deeply disappointed. Gig looks like she wants to kick their asses. But Tino steps forward and says, Hey, I think I've heard enough. Siutak Noir turns, her lips parting into a sneer. Oh, oh, have you? That's, hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry, Tino. Hey, cut the shit out, okay? I know that I don't look like I care. I know I look like some big... Some joke. But if there's one thing I care about, it's about doing the right thing. If you're responsible for this, I don't know who this Sindara guy is, but I heard you say that Mugaru successfully attacked the city, and I'm not a moron. I, I thought you guys were our friends, too. I really did. Even when you were cruel and callous and rude, I always thought there was goodness in you. And hey, I was wrong. 
But there's, I think, something you're forgetting about me. I'm a paladin, above all else. And I care about justice. Tino Tung drops into a fighting stance. Sutak Noir smirks and says, Hmm. And then her hair forms into a fist and punches through Tino's chest, pulls his hair out, and rips his spine in two. Gore splatters everywhere as Tino Tung is dead before he can even realize it. Zumi screams, immediately conjuring a fireball, but... <sighs> not fast enough. Diku Sonam is in her face before she can even finish saying the runes, and he grabs her mouth and opens it far too wide until there is a sickening crack. Gig roars as she charges, but then her own skeleton breaks into pieces as she collapses on the floor, spasming horribly as Azkanak the Exiled holds out their hand. And Malako tries to flee. He knows he can't beat them, not when his best friends in the world just died horribly. He needs to get away. He needs to tell everyone. The poison darts in the back of his neck from Hu Ying. Stop him. With, Tino, with that, Tino's toughest are eliminated. Third strike, you are out. Sutak Noir looks down at their corpses, Tino's blood oozing from her white hair. And she snorts and says, Well, that's a terrible mess. Oh well. I'm sure the sculptor will be able to make something new out of them. And the visions fade. I'm never forgiving you. <laughs> I am never going to forgive you. I like want to puke in real life right now. They deserve to live, and I love them. They're my lame and cringe team. <laughs> Masami, Sanku, and Chuji, how are you all doing? I think Sanku is, like, horrified. I don't think he's ever seen anything even remotely like this before. Most of the things that he'd probably have fought before all the Ruby Phoenix stuff would have been way lower stakes. I think this is just... I think he's horrified at the idea that somebody can be so evil that they'd kill people important to him and then turn them into monsters like this. I don't even know if he can really comprehend it. I think he's like in shock. I don't know if Chuji has any words. I, I think that they're horrified by that. Those are their friends. Masami had words. Immediately upon seeing... Immediately upon seeing Zumi after Tino and Gig. They pieced it together, and they were going to ask, What the hell have you done with our friends? But they don't have any more words. They don't need to say anything because they got their answer now. They're just staring at Tino's toughest now, horrified, but most of all, angry. Angrier than when they figured out the Oni's Mask was part of 
the attack on Bilka. Oh my god. There are no words anymore. Now it's just rage and revenge. The Akuma steps forward and he kind of like grunts a little bit before giving you all a winning smile. And he throws out a tum up. And then that smile kind of turns to a sneer and he turns into a thumbs down. <laughs> Evil Tino. The Oni behind him chortles, slapping her belly. And she like kind of slams down her uh, massive kanobo, her huge club, and grins hungrily. The Gumiho kind of surges a little bit, fire flickering from her fur. And the Daitengu just swings both of those swords, getting ready. And I think immediately something that catches you is just how like they are to their normal forms. And the Akuma sneers, drops into a fighting stance. And so too do Tino's toughest. And everyone, I'd like you all to roll me initiative. Dice will roll will return after these messages. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We now return to Dice Will Roll. As a, as a weird little robot once said, this is bad comedy. You don't like that? I am so upset. <laughs> 46. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna kill- I'm gonna fucking kill the Light Keepers. Just so you know that it's... the Light Keepers were holding back this entire time and they're not bluffing. Um, I- It's- Technically still them. Well, maybe. You might be able to do something about it. In the power of friendship? Mm, maybe. We're gonna start with the Oni. Gig the big goblin came from the nation of Chuye, where which was ruled by Onis. She lost her entire clan to these monsters, and now she has become one. The Onis is going to spend uh, her first turn spending two actions, charging past her allies towards all of you. She is immediately going to get up to your face, Chuji, and she is going to use um, massive sweep. She is going to make an attack against all of you at her max attack penalty. And uh, against all of you, oh uh. my fucking god. 
That is a natural yeah, twenty. What what would you say, Derry? I have a feeling a natural twenty may be a crit against all of you. Let's examine that. <laughs> so with her nat twenty, she gets momentum. She gains a plus two to all her attack rolls until the end of her next turn. So she is on fire. She surges past the others, roars as this massive Oni launches herself at you all, and then swings that club into all three of you for a total of uh, 86 damage to each of you. All right. And that is going to be her turn. She roars in her your face. This titanic Oni standing about 15 feet tall. She is immense, she is powerful, and she's just kicked the shit out of you all. And Sanku, Witch Prince of the Sea, it is your turn. Holy hell. Um, I think Sanku is... I think he's going to fly uh, maybe up onto these rocks here. Like, they're up under the rocks. He, he's on his staff. Okay. Yeah, I think he, he goes up onto the onto the rocks, uh, like he's flying on his staff, and then I think that while he's up there, he's going to uh, try and figure out what to do about this. Um, I'd like you to roll me... How about you roll me an occultism check? Okay. Or an arcane check, or any magic check, even nature. I'll allow even nature. Yeah, I think nature. There you go. Okay. So, Sanku, I think what you recognize is that these are not... Very clearly, these are Tino's toughest. But their minds are being held prisoner by the evil spirits with whom they've been superimposed. Essentially, Tino and his friends were dead at some point, but they were brought back to life by Sandara. And now their spirits are being fused with that of extraplanar monsters. Daitengus, uh, Gumihos, Onis and uh, Akamas, okay? Okay. But you know that they're in there. You know that your friends are still in there somewhere. So when when the monster's connections to the bodies are weakest, you might be able to get them out, either by using your words to make a plea to your friends to listen to you and come out, or if you had some kind of magic that attacks the spirit, that might work too. So you know that... You realize with a start, Tino's toughest are still alive, and you can save them. Uh, Senku's gonna shout it to the others. Okay. Masami and Chuji, how, how do you two take that? Um. It's <laughs> a good question. Hopefully? <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, Chuji's glad that they're not just gonna have to fucking kill them and then, then mourn their friends after learning they were, you know, horribly murdered by horribly their murdered. first enemies. It's nice. <laughs> um, I think Misami is in such a rage that they, the things that uh, Senku says does register, but they look over sh- their shoulder and clarify, weaken and then try to snap them out of it. That's what you're. That's that's the gist. Mm-hmm. Then they look back at Tino's toughest. Their eyes flicker towards the shadows of the Light Keepers. And you know that Studio Ghibli thing where when, uh, like their hair kind of flares when they're feeling like uncomfortable? Yeah. Their hair flares behind them. And 
There is fire coming off of their tails and static coming off from their hands. Their eyes are 99.9 gold right now. Their teeth are bared and they say, got it. Okay, holy shit. Sanku, you have one action left. What do you do? Can I cast Tile Rings on the Oni that's at the, the the path, like, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, Sanku, you wave your staff, and uh, water kind of grabs out from the waves on either side of the Oni and starts pulling at her and holding her in place. You are going to need to make me a primal spell attack, please. I got the Miku number. I got 39. Okay, a 39 against her... That is unfortunately not going to work, Sanku. You are trying to grab her, but the Oni is so fucking big that the water is not grabbing across her well enough. Uh, And she kind of pushes off that water from her, and she grins, and she looks up at you, Sanku, and she points, and she goes, and she drags her tongue across her neck. Um, And that is you, Sanku. Um, Next next to the order is going to be Masami. Masami, you heard Sanku. Your friends are still in there. You can rescue them. What do you do? <laughs> oh, oh, they're pissed. Oh, they're so fucking mad. Distracting spell strike. Okay, Go- going right for it. Uh, on the Oni, I assume, right? On the Oni, I believe they're, they have the blade of uh, four energies on them right That's now? right. Uh, would you like to roll me a d4 to see what type of energy? Four. A four? Four is... Electricity. Ooh, very nice. Okay. So very Masami, thematic. Yeah. Lightning shocks through your sword, Masami, and you are staring down the Oni as you go for a distracting spell strike. How does this look? And make me the attack roll. She is just automatically flatwood, if I remember right, right? Uh, yes. I make a feint with a spell strike. Okay. So I believe that is, uh, deception. Oh my fucking God. Really? 34. Uh, a 34 is unfortunately going to be a uh, fail, but that doesn't really affect anything because you still make that spell strike. Okay. Well, it affects the flat-footedness, which, I, which is what I wanted, but... Well, it doesn't have any penalties. 44. A 44 is going to be a hit. Masami, what spell are you using with your spell strike? Chain Lightning. Level oh, 9. Oh, dear. So, the Oni is going to need to make this roll first. As lightning, well, no, she you take the, no. she takes that damage immediately, right? Immediately, it's a spell strike. Okay, so she'll take that damage. Roll me it all to start. Okay, sword damage. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four. Okay, very nice. You cut into lightning damage. Yep. Sixty-nine. <laughs> take a hero Let's point. Go. I might need those. <laughs> So no, that is to... between 6, 9, and 24. That is going to be uh, 93 damage, Masami, to big the gig, gig the big Oni. She's a very, very strong, strong lady. So she still has a lot of HP left. But that lightning is going to surge through her and it's going to dart back into the rest of Tino's toughest. Who is she going for? Uh, first, it's going to arc into the Akuma then the Daitengu, then the Gumiho. Okay. Uh, Tino, Malako, and Zumi. So, uh, that is going to be... The Akuma is going to get a success with a 45. Okay. 
The Daitengu is going to get a success with a 40. And the Gumiho is going to get a success with a 40 as well. Jesus, a 7-2. Fuck, okay. They're very strong enemies. You're getting the feeling. So that's going to be half a 69 damage to all of them. Um, that's 34 damage to each of Tino's toughest. And is that your turn, Masami? Or do you... No, you have another action, don't you? They do have another action. Um, Arcane Cascade. Okay, Masami, magical energy flows over you, charging you up and getting ready for fight. Um, and it is now the Gumiho's turn. The creature that was once Zumiran surges forward, and as she, like, moves, it really is like there's three long-limbed fox monsters, like, on all fours, running towards you all. It is uncanny. They all have these long, curling teeth and white eyes, and ugh, it's so freaky. There are so many tails. She moves off to the side and then shoots over um, Gig's shoulder to get a... Uh, Foxfire at you, Masami. And Masami, that is a 47. That is a hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Um, but Masami, as this fireball is being thrown at you, Gig, the big Oni, sees the fireball coming, grins, swings her club, and tries to hit you from behind while you're being hit from the front by this uh, Foxfire. Okay. Toughest teamwork. Hit them while they're down. It looks like Tino's toughest bond still comes true, even like this. And she is going to try to shove you back. And Masami, does a 48 beat your Fortune DC? Yeah, that, that beats it. Okay, Masami, you are knocked backwards as a gig shoves you and uh, the Foxfire connects with you. Uh, so, Masami, you are going to take 16 fire damage. Do Gumiho snarls and laughs a little bit. And I think she's going to use her last action to change shape. And she shifts and changes into Li Shi Li Hua. Uh. Your mom, Chuji. Yeah. And she just grins with those awful fox eyes. There's no mechanical benefit. She's doing this to fuck with you. Um, fuck you? It's the Akama's turn. The Akama surges forward, and I think he is going to ignore Chuji. Chuji, he does rush past you, and he does rush past Masami. Both of you are going to be able to make uh, hits at this. Hell yeah. Because he is launching himself towards Sanku, who's up in the air. He is leaving the uh, the path of water that's opened up, and he is launching himself up the rocks towards you, Sanku. 49. Awesome. <laughs> 51. That's a crit, Masami. <laughs> they said don't hit me. They said don't, don't hit Sanku. That's our baby boy. Ooh. 66 damage. 66, not bad. And Shuji? 28. Okay. Uh, that is a lot of damage from both of you into Tino, but he launches himself up towards Sanku, who is atop this rock over here, and then the Akuma roars. And Sanku, you can see that demonic rune that's carved into his chest. That's not a demonic rune. That's the symbol of Irori. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good lord. 
the Akuma roars, and he's going to use a flurry of blows. He's going to make two strikes with a fist or a monk weapon, which right now his giant sword counts as one. So he's going to deck you in the face with one, and that is going to be a critical hit, Sanku, as his fist punches into your gut. And that is going to be double of 27. That is 54 damage. Okay. Uh, with his next attack, he's going to swing his sword into you. And that is going to be a 39, a miss by two. So the Akuma charges past everyone, lunges up at you, and starts just fucking decking the shit out of you. But this, as his uh, fist punches into you, Sanku, he tries to swing down the sword, and you dodge out of the way. And the Akuma snarls in your face, his teeth grinning. And he kind of stands up and just kind of throws out his hands like a, come on, hit me, type gesture, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the Akuma. Next in the order is the Dai Tengu. And I think that the Dai Tengu is just going to fly directly upwards. And as he flies directly upwards, the Dai Tengu is going to use two vacuum slashes. And um, basically, they cut at the air and they're going to hit Chuji and Masami. So Chuji, that is a 47. That's a hit. Okay. Uh, Masami, that is going to be... Ooh, that is a 49, Masami. Is that a hit? Yeah, that hits. Okay. So, Chuji, uh, the vacuum slash as he cuts through the air at you, that is going to be 39 slashing damage. Okay. And then he, uh, with their second cut, another blade of void just cuts through the air and hits you, Masami, and that is going to be... 40 slashing damage. Okay. Um, all three of you, I will say, are now looking very badly injured. You're all at half HP or lower, and the the opponents are not. Shi Chuji, it is your turn. An Oni, an Akuma. Those are the two creatures closest to you, but the Oni is right on top of you, and the Akuma is atop a giant pillar fighting against Sanku. Deeper in the water path, you see the Gumiho channeling up fire spells, and flying above it all is the Dai Tengu, uh, cutting through the air and sending slashes of void at you all. What do you do? Uh, Chuji is going to start by doing a two-action one-inch punch, uh, and I'm going to fucking re-roll that, because I got a nat one. Okay. 46? A 46? Uh, yeah, that is going to be a hit. Okay, that's going to be uh, 41 damage. And then uh, with their last action, they are going to Flurry of Blows. Okay, go for it. 36 and 38. Jesus. Uh, Both of those are going to be misses, I'm afraid. Your first attack hits hard into the Oni's gut, but then the follow-up attacks, they're kind of slower, if that makes sense. She takes those attacks and she grins and says, (laughs) and she gets ready to fucking pummel you. In fact, she will. And you know what? As she brings down her uh, her giant club to hammer you, mm-hmm. you feel something in your shoulder. What's that? Shi Li Hua leans over your shoulder and whispers into your ear. Every day I look at you, I remember your father, and I wish it was him, not you. Make me a will save. They can't mechanically do it, uh, but <laughs> they reach over their shoulder to fucking rip and tear. Well, okay, maybe we can mechanically do it. Make me that will save. Okay. That's funny. <gasps> Holy shit, Chuji. I'm going to reverse what was going to happen. 
Okay. Because what you just witnessed, as the Oni bears down on you, you witnessed toughest tactics, unsettling murmur, where Degumiho teams up with the Oni and whispers a disquieting secret in your ear and lowers your AC by two against the incoming attack. You're not 20. I think you bash that uh, vision away and immediately get ready to punch the attack that's coming at you. So you are going to have a plus two to your AC against this attack, okay? Okay. Uh, Chuji, like, kind of snarls and they're like, I know my mom. She hates that sack of shit. Uh, oh my god, Chuji? Mm-hmm. That's a 46, which is a hit, but with your plus two to AC, I'm going to say that you blocked that incoming attack. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Chuji, you fucking deflect that attack, and uh, the Oni raises its eyebrows, amused, before it laughs. And it's going to use Bloody Mayhem. With last two actions, it's going to stride three times. Once per stride, she can attempt a Kanabo strike against a creature within her reach at any point. So she's going to basically rush at you, Chuji, attack you once. Her attacks are not going to get lower until the end of this. Uh, that is a 36, which is a miss. She then charges past you into Masami. And Masami, that is going to be a nat 20, Masami. Derry, what do you think is going to happen? I think I'm going to pull a second hero point card as she devastates you. Oh, God. Foot smash. Masami, you are going to be flat-footed until the end of your next turn. Okay. That's going to be 96 damage, Masami. How are you doing? Derry, I went through three crits and you targeted me like three times out of four. <laughs> Again. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> well, I'm seeing near death flashing over your head, which isn't good, huh? How much HP do you have? No, it's great. <laughs> I wanted Masami to die, actually. Um, <laughs> This was true a few episodes ago. <laughs> you know, those cards are still on the table. Uh, yeah, I'm at 17 <laughs> HP. Woof. Uh, with the last attack... Yoni is going to leave Chuji's uh, I space. I fucking kill. I fucking kill. And Masami's space, kill. actually. Both of you can try smack the Yoni. 40. 44. Okay, both of those are hits. Roll me that damage. 25. Very nice. 34. Very nice. The Yoni is starting to look really badly beat. And as she gets to you, Chuji, uh, Sanku, she's going to try slam at you. And that is going to be... Uh, that is a 37 to hit, Sanku. Uh, that does not hit. Okay, that will be a miss. But she does not end her turn there. In fact, she's going to be knocked back quite a bit. Oh. All the way back to her starting point with you, Chuji. Because the Akuma is going to use toughest teamwork, catapult ally. The Akuma sees the Oni rushing forwards towards you and pushes his sword out horizontally, the flat of her his blade facing her feet. As she ends her stride at your feet, Sanku, the Akuma swings that sword with all four arms and catapults the Oni flying through the air back to the start where you are, Chuji. Great. And that is going to be the Oni's turn. Sanku, it is your turn. Oh, good Lord, everything is terrible. Um, the Oni is looking very badly beaten. So is the Akuma. Um, the Gumiho and the Daitengu less so, but maybe worst of all right now is Masami. Masami looks like they are barely holding on. What do you do? 
Uh, Senku's gonna cast Life Boost pretty immediately on Masami, so you can take that, Masami. Then... Hmm. Okay. So Masami, your wounds immediately start healing up a little bit. That's an interesting line these guys are standing in, huh? <laughs> oh, fuck. The Akuma and Dioni are in a big line. Cool. Um, now that you are life boosted, um, you won't get hit by this either, uh, because Frigid Flurry works like that. Um, Senku's gonna cast Frigid Flurry in a line. Uh, so the Akuma is going to roll, and the Akuma gets a 40, which is a fail. Yay! And then uh, the Oni is going to get a success. That's a 49. So roll me that damage. The Akuma will take full. The Oni will take half. 50. Very nice. That is 50 damage to the Akuma, who is not looking well as that hits him right in the face. He is now definitely badly injured. The Oni is going to take half of that. That's 25 damage. It is all starting to really pile up on her, you know? Masami, mm -hmm. it is your turn. You are in severe agony. You have been hit critically several times now, but you start to feel those wounds healing up a little bit. Uh, you restore 20 HP immediately, and at the start of every turn, you will restore 20 HP again. Okay. Hmm. Uh, right now, the Akuma is right on top of you. Uh, he is kind of on the hill next to you fighting Sanku. Um, the Oni is uh, up with Chuji. You are knocked back a little bit, so you're no longer within range. Uh, and then off in the distance, the Gumiho and the Daitengu are preparing range attacks. Okay. So I have this thing. What thing? The Belts of Regeneration. <gasps> you have that, don't you? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do what I usually don't do with my fucking shit during combat, is I'm going to activate a fucking item. <laughs> Impossible. How could this be? So, what happens with the Belt of Regeneration? I can um, imagine. So, I gain 25 temp hit points at uh, the first time that I uh, put the, that I have, have the belt, and when I activate it, the regeneration effect uh, will last for 2d4 rounds, and at the start of my turn for each round, I recover 15 hit points, unless I took acid or fire damage since the start of your turn. So. Okay, so that's essentially 35 HP every turn. And also, this will mean that you are basically invincible and cannot die. Yeah. So. Pretty cool. That's going to be a total of 350 healing for you throughout this fight. Oh, would I be able to take the 15 now, or? I'll say yes. You spent two actions doing it. Or one action? No, I spent an action. It, okay. Interacting yeah, is one. I'll say yeah. Fuck it. You're interacting. Go for it. Okay. So that's that. Two, with my two actions... Misami is going to go for another spell strike. Okay. And against who? Well, yes, the Akuma. And... 44. That is going to be a hit. Roll me that damage. So it is a 26 plus electric arc. Okay. Which is 31. That's a total of 57 damage. Uh, the Akuma is looking very bad. And the electricity can arc into something else as well. Well, the, the only needs to make a reflex save then. Not 20 for the Oni. Wow, right. these guys love their crits. Thank God that was on okay. a, a save and not another attack roll, huh? Sure. I will say, however, you can see that the Yakuma is starting to seriously look injured. And he's panting. He's grinning. He's spitting a little bit. All four of those arms are, gr like, kind of getting ready. Uh, you can see that 
it's entirely possible you might be able to, hopefully, with a little more effort, stop Tino from doing this. You know he's in there. Is that your turn, Masami? Uh, yes, that's their turn. So your wounds are healing up, and you have seriously damaged Yakima. And it is now the Gumiho's turn. And I think the Gumiho is going to surge a little bit, and uh, she is going to blast a fireball. And that fireball, she's going to be very careful about where she throws it. Uh, yep, that's going to hit Chuji and Masami. Uh, 48. That's going to be a critical success. 40. Critical success. Neither of you take any damage. Woo. Holy shit, that's so good for you, Masami, because if that had been a... If that, if you had fucked up there, that would have been the end of you and you wouldn't have regenerated. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Fire damage. But you duck out of the way, literally with a plus 10, by the way, if you'd rolled one lower. <laughs> that's terrifying. Um... Chuji, you take that damage. You take no damage. Masami, you take no damage. Uh, the Gumiho just kind of snarls, and uh, she is then going to change to look like Hiroshi. Hiroshi Takahara gets into a fighting sense and just kind of cocks his head at you, Masami, from the other side of the Oni. She's taunting you. <laughs> it is now the Akuma's turn. And the Akuma is going to give in to the Akuma. Tino loses himself further to the Akuma, pulling out even more strength. He's going to make a sword strike that deals two additional weapon damage dice. So he roars and he's going to strike at you, uh, Sanku, as he duels against you. And if this hits, that will be 7d10 damage. Oh my god. Uh. He doesn't hit. So what was that about it hitting? <laughs> After all those nat 20s Tino's toughest have rolled, it's about time they got a nat 1. Bruised Ego. The Akuma cannot attack another creature until the target is knocked out. Holy shit. That's bad because I was going to have him run away and get into a defensive position. He can't. Sanku, what do you do that makes the Akuma stare you down and continue striking against you even when he shouldn't? Senku, I think Senku is trying to use the water to make them into chains like Lapis style mm. um, to distract him. And I think he is getting very frustrated by this. Very, very frustrated. With his last action, he is going to make a headbutt against you, Senku, at a minus 10. And that is a 38, Senku. Uh, nope, that doesn't hit. Okay. Next is going to be the Dai Tengu's turn. The Daitengu is going to spend uh, one action flying down towards you, Chuji. With a swoop, they arrive right there beside you, and they're going to use a Tengu Gale Blade. And Chuji, that is going to be a 41 to hit. 41 does not hit. Okay, the Daitengu will try attack again. A 44 to hit. That's just my AC. Okay, the Daikengu soars down at you, uh, Chuji, flying through the air and roars as it whips these two chain swords at you. And that is going to be 27 slashing damage against you. Oh. Um, and that is going to be the Daikengu's turn. They land next to you, Chuji, and roar. Bitch. And Chuji, it is your turn. The Oni is there and the Daitengu is there. The Oni is looking really badly beat up. The Daitengu is in full perfect condition and off behind you, you can see that the Akuma is looking really bad. If I roll well, I could quite literally take out two birds with one stone. 
Um, I kind of would like to uh, Blazing Streak. Okay, go for it. Go nuts. I go crazy. I go stupid. I go, ah. Okay, yeah. Chuji's first attack is going to be against the Oni. Okay. 45. A 45 is a hit, Chuji. Uh, Roll me that damage against the Oni. 33. 33, yeah, that's... You can see that the Oni is starting to look really bad. I think you realize that she, as she, like, stumbles back and she does a... You can see her connection starting to kind of falter. Okay. And you can see somewhere deep inside, Gig the Big Goblin is fighting back. Uh, and then Chuji's going to stride to the Akuma. Okay. As you're running, unfortunately, you are going to take a strike. As the Dai Tengu uses attack of opportunity on you. Good. Chuji, that's going to be a 41. Doesn't hit. You fucking dash past. Uh, and then they attack the Akuma. Okay, that's going go for to be it. a nat 20. Oh shit. Oh shit, oh shit. Roll me that damage, baby. This could be 70 damage. Holy shit! Yeah, you dash past the Dai Tengu as it tries to strike you, surge upwards towards the uh, Akuma, who is brawling against Sanku atop a hill. The rain is pouring down, and you chop into the Akuma, and he lets it roar, and he is on 10 HP. If Gig is struggling against the spirit, then so is Tino. He is fighting back. He is trying to get out, and the Akuma roars. And uh, with your nat 20, the card you get is... Leg swipe! He's knocked prone! Fuck him. You have one more stride and two more strikes. What now? I... I'm gonna stride back and attack the Daitengu. 35. Is a miss, unfortunately. It is the Oni's turn. And I think what happens now is very scary, Chuji. <laughs> mm -hmm. She picks you up in her hand. Oh. She picks you up and she is trying to hold you tight. Mm. And, uh... That is going to be a 50 against your fuck you. It definitely works. Fuck you. She grabs you, and she is then going to use overpowering toss. <laughs> and she's going to throw you into the water. Splash. Juji hates swimming. Juji fucking despises swimming. But as she is... Uh, throwing you, she lets it out and she drops to one knee and she wastes her last action. Gig the big goblin is uh, fighting wait. against her. How far away is Chuji? Uh, Chuji is uh, definitely within range of any of your spells. Um, what are you doing? Uh, casting air bubble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chuji, a bubble of air goes around your head. You are not going to drown. You're in the water, which is terrible, but... <laughs> you can hear, like, Chuji's, like, scream uh, go from, like, ah, to, oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is the Oni's turn. Sanku, it is your turn. The Akuma is barely holding itself together. You can see it is squirming and growling and, like, almost like a, a wounded animal struggling against itself. So, too, is the Oni. What do you do? Did you say that we could try and convince them as well? So the two ways you think you can help is either by knocking the evil spirit out with a spirit blast attack or a spirit spell in general, or begging to dis the good in them to win, you know, using a diplomacy check. Can I use a diplomacy check? I don't know if I have any particularly spiritual uh, spells as much. Um, 
Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you say and to who? How do you try to convince them to stop fighting? Remind them of the good times, you know? What do you do? I think Sanku um, says to Tino, you have to snap out of it. You have to lead your team. You can do it, I promise. You are not a demon. You are not a fiend. This isn't you. Make me that diplomacy roll. A 46. The Akuma stares at you, Sanku, and roars. It snarls and it drops to one knee and howls. And then, almost kind of overlapping it, you see a man pulling out. This man is wearing tattered orange robes and a symbol of Irori emblazoned onto his chest. He yells out to the skies, and he punches the Akuma in the back of the head. And the Akuma goes limp, he vanishes. And the man lying on the floor is Tino, not the monster. <laughs> okay. One down. It's one down. You got two actions left. What do you do? Um, I think Sanku is going to then cast. When you say spiritual damage, what is spiritual damage? Um, like, is it literally a spirit damage? Because I don't remember that being in this. <laughs> It'll be in the remaster. But um, basically, if you can justify a spell would attack someone's soul, I'll allow it. What about Moonburst? You know what? I would allow it specifically because it's clean, like you're cleansing them, right? Yeah, yeah. The the entire thing is that it's uh, like it does like more damage to undead creatures. It's like like that's the I like that's the idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sanku. Tell me about this. What happens? Who are you doing? What's going on? Okay, so its range is a 60-foot burst. So you can imagine... Oh, that'll hit that fucking I've, everyone. ...that I've put it into an area where it only hits the uh, our enemy friends and not <laughs> my buddies. Yeah, so it's kind of like you're making it explode from inside the water on the other side. Um, Yes. Uh, everything goes quiet, and you just hear Sanku whisper Moonburst, and then everything blows up. Okay. So they all have to make a reflex save, right? Yes. Uh, the Gumiho rolls a 45, which is a success. The Oni fails. And the Daitengu also fails. Let's go. And because... This is, I will allow it to count as spirit damage, as it were. Um, this is going to do double damage to all of them. As if they were undead. All right, let's go. So roll me another 90, 10. So that's going to be 55 and 60. That is 115 to anyone who failed. So that's 115 to the Daitengu, 115 to the Oni, and then uh, half of 115 to the Gumiho. While the Daitengu and the Gumiho take this damage, the Oni roars, and really roars. And she's knocked left, knocked right, and appearing before her is the spirit of a goblin who roars out, swings a hammer, and strikes the Oni the fuck down. And as the Oni collapses, Big Gig the Big Goblin is lying panting on the floor, and she is unconscious. Okay, two down. 
The Daitengu and the Gumiho are all that's left. The Daitengu is starting to look a, a little beaten. Uh, the Gumiho is still looking mostly fine. And it is now Masami's turn. Actually, what they need to do is they need to refresh their fucking spell strike. So, um, they're going to do that with a Force Fang. Okay. Automatic damage. Very nice. Which is literally just automatic damage. 19 damage. Okay. I mean, he takes it. He He's annoyed and by it. A distracting spell strike with Gouging Claw. Okay. Make me that uh, faint check. 46. 46 works against his faint. Um, and you roll a 41? Yeah, 41, yeah. Well, see, Masami, if you hadn't done a distracting spell strike, it would have been a miss. But your AC, you missed his AC by one, and distracting spell strike lowers your AC by two. Oh, thank God. So that Hold that this works. damage for me, bitch. 33. Counts. 33 damage, very nice. Then with the, uh, with the gouging claw, damage from that is 42. Holy shit. What is that? Tree tree and 42, that's 75 damage? Yeah. Um, the Daitengu is starting to look really badly beat up as well. In fact, I think you recognize that you might be able to start talking some sense into the Daitengu soon. Mm, soon, okay. Um, how many actions do you have left? That was Force Fang, one action, two actions for Distracting Spell Strike. I'm done. Okay, cool. It is the Gumiho's turn. What you see is Hiroshi Takahara. And he pulls his uh, fists together and starts creating balls of fire around him. And he's actually going to surge towards you. But as he walks, you can see these like after images of the Gumiho scampering, running, charging at you. With his Foxfire Blast, he's going to make a fist strike. On a hit, he will deal an extra 2d4 elect uh, fire damage and you'll be pushed back five feet. Okay. <laughs> How do you make this into a critical miss, Masami? Because she rolled very low. That was a two, unfortunately. Oh, man. I think what happens is... This is a punch, right? She's basically throwing a fire punch in your face. I think Masami actually grabs the fist between, like, um, their arm and their torso and just holds <laughs> and brings... The Gumiho closer and says, You may have my you may have my father's face, but I know his moves. You're not him. Stop pretending. The Gumiho kind of just screams in your face, and it's like tree foxes all at once just howling in your face. And to anyone else, this might be terrifying, but not to you, Masami. Nope. Um, and I with as a reaction, I will allow you to make a athletics check to grab her. Okay. <gasps> Not 20. Holy shit. You <laughs> fucking... I, you are holding her in place. And she is screaming at you, but you are holding her down. You need to get Zumi out. I think the extra hold is Misami bringing their knee up, so that way their arm is just locked into their body. Okay. Um. Next in the... Oh, shit. She's fucked, huh? <laughs> um, okay, cool. It is the Daitengu's turn. And the Daitengu screams out a little bit, and they are going to uh, take a five-step, a five-foot step back, so not to trigger any reactions. Mm -hmm. But then the Daitengu is going to use toughest teamwork. 
airflow blades. And they sweep out all those swords that they've got, those chain swords they have, and the lent grows massively. As a free action until the end of their turn, their blades have a reach of 15 feet. And they're going to start attacking you, Masami. Okay. That is a 41 against you. Miss. Second attack. 50. All right, that one's a hit. That's 32 damage, Masami. Uh, 32 damage is my is uh my health. I'm down. You are left with exactly zero HP, Masami. Yep. Because it doesn't... Oh, basically, you are not dying, but you are immediately unconscious. Yeah. So you release um, your grip on the Gumiho, who cackles, as basically what happens is the Daitengu takes a step back, extends these massively long swords. Whip, whip! You dodge one, but Masami, the other one, you are trying so hard to hold onto the Gumiho, and you are KO. Hang on, now that I'm thinking about it, did the... Wait a second. Did you take Hang life on boost a last turn? Did you take your life boost? Oh my god. The life boost didn't go off, I don't think. <laughs> the life boost didn't go off, and neither did my fucking regen. I'm not fucking down. Well, thank god. So that's what that's what the Daitengu Tinks has happened. But as you stumble backwards, you look up and lock eyes with them, and you are still fighting, motherfucker. And that is going to be the end of the Daitengu's turn. She Chuji. God damn it, you're in. Help me, I'm in Help. the water. I'm drowning. <laughs> so, to get out of the water, you'll need to make an athletics check. <gasps> Easy. Yeah, you fucking swim out of that water. You, like, Chuji, you launch yourself out of the water, and you can see that uh, the Gumiho is doing okay, but the Daitengu is barely holding on. You might be able to get the Daitengu to stop. Uh, I have two actions, right? Mm hmm. Oh, no, you know Wait, what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm going to grapple the Daitengu and just quite literally <laughs> cold them as I talk to them. Can I do that? Are you asking if you can use athletics to try wrestle the ghost out of the Daitengu? Yeah. You are so fucking funny, Ritz, and you're my best friend. I will let you do this. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's a 48. I was going to raise the DC by five, and that passes it. <laughs> Chuji, how do you get the ghost out of, ta- uh, out of Malaco? Um, I I quite literally think they um sneak up behind the Daitengu, put them in like a headlock, and also like grab them with their legs too, so they're just like hanging <laughs> off of the Daitengu, uh, like while strangling him and being like, uh, by uh like strangling them and be like oh come on you can come out of there can't you fight a little harder won't you as the Daitengu roars inside the spirit you see Malako who you have dueled many times by now let out a few squawks and chirps flapping their wings wrestling and the Daitengu goes limp and Shuji as you let go that's Malako on the floor oh shit that worked Oh, shit. That worked. Uh, <laughs> Real good, Chuji. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> Sanku, it is your turn. The Gumiho is being grappled by Masami. Um, you can tell that she still has a lot of fight left in her. What do you do? 
I think that I'm going to first cast um, Elemental Betrayal. Okay. Uh, with water, but that also affects cold. Okay. And then I'm going to cast Moon Burst. Okay. Sanku, you shoot another blast of uh, purifying energy through the area, and oh shit, that is going to be a five. That's a 36. That is a failure. Oh shit! Oh, let's go! Yes! 69, <laughs> baby! She's almost out. She's not out yet. Um, she has very little HP. That's enough to start, like, getting uh, Zumi to, like, fight back. But she's not out yet. Okay. Okay. That's my turn. Okay. Masami Takahara, it is your turn. You are grappling to Gumiho. You are holding that motherfucker in place. She is wrestling and fighting, and you can see that Zumi is in there trying to get out. What do you do? How do you help her? I think Masami uh, tightens their grip on the Gumiho, and with their free hand, they grab her like by the scruff of her neck and bring her even closer. Mm -hmm. She fades out of uh, Hiroshi. She is now her, the monstrous fox. I know this isn't you. I know this isn't you, Zumi. You know it too. Fight back. I know you can do it. So fucking anime. <laughs> uh, are you making a diplomacy check? What skill check are you using here? Uh, I can use diplomacy. It is a plus 21. It's not bad. Let's, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Oh, 39. Holy shit. I hope you know that literally that was going to be a... I was like, there's no way with a plus 21, they're going to make the DC of 39. <laughs> Bitch. Masami, you hold Zumi, who you, out of many of the people on Tino's stuff, is you and her might have like a particularly close relationship. You push through the monster inside her and she lets another scream... But then you see that the, a fort fox enters this image, and it's Zumi. And she goes limp in your arms. And she, just like the rest of Tino's toughest, are K.O. Thank you, cradling a, a man much taller than him, and he's like, Tino! <laughs> um, they are all fully unconscious. And they're kind of shaking a little bit. Um, Sanku, you can see on Tino's chest, there is a scar in the middle of his holy symbol of Aurori. A scar from where Sutak Noa murdered him. They needed to be alive for Sintara to do what he had to do to them. But that doesn't change what happened. <laughs> I think, uh, Sanku, as you're making these little noises, <laughs> Tino does wake up just for a moment. <sighs> hey, kid. Hi. It, pretty good, huh? So did you. <laughs> nah, man. We shouldn't be here. We didn't earn a place in the Ruby Phoenix tournament. Not like you guys did. That's not true. We just wanted to be... We wanted to do something good. Just like you guys. You did. It's okay. I don't know how much longer. Ugh, I, I can hold on. Everything's getting so blurry. I'm casting a healing spell. Uh, you try to do that, Sanku. You raise up your hand and push life-giving energy into him. 
and it's absorbed into him. But he's still shivering in your arms. Molo, what do we do? Uh, I don't want him to die here. I don't know, Sanku. Truly, I don't. But it would seem that the curse is still inside of him. Tino kind of puts a hand on your shoulder, Sanku. Hey, kid. Don't worry, I'm not going to die. Not after all the effort you tree put into saving us, right? Masami, <coughs> Chuji, how are you guys doing? Better than you. Ain't that just a way? Only, only, to, only <laughs> a little bit better, but come on, man. You should be worrying about yourself and your team. Does he look like he's actually going to die? I don't think so. I think... I think the vibe you are getting from this, Shuji, is more that he's going to fall back into a deep slumber. He is alive. You haven't done lethal damage to him. And any lethal damage he suffered in the past has been cured. You do see that in his hair there's a white streak that was not there beforehand. <coughs> Silver box. <laughs> oh my goodness. Me every day. What you are feeling, Chuji, as you look down on him, is that he will make it out of this. He might not always be the same, but he will make it out of this. If you can defeat the person who did this to him. Okay. You need to defeat the curse. As Tino lies in your arms, Sanku, he looks up at all three of you and says, I'm getting real tired, but one last request before I just rest my eyes for a moment, huh? You see the light keepers. You kick their asses, okay? Don't hold back. <laughs> They're stronger than we ever believed they were. We already knew they were pretty strong, huh? Not as strong as us. Not as strong as you. And with that, Tino goes limp in your arms. And he's comatose. All of them are. We should go back to the night market, I think. Get some rest ourselves and get Tino's toughest somewhere before we go into the tower. We can't just leave them here. <sighs> but, um, Judy picks up. <laughs> Judy picks up Gig and Malako. Wait, I have something that can help. Do you? I cast Phantom Steed. Oh my fucking god. I have waited the entire campaign. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's the um, Phantom Steed that you create? It's a big old seahorse. <laughs> you, make, you make a cool seahorse upon which you put, the ba uh, put several of Tino's toughest. And you start carrying them back into the jungle, ready to rest at the Yokai Night Market, and prepare to re-enter the Glass Lighthouse and face the foes within. What you don't see as you prepare to leave is a shadow within the lighthouse. A tall, injured, but still mighty man with a long nose and dark wings. He waits for the fighters to enter the Glass Lighthouse as he sits in the middle of a maze of his own creation. Next time, join us as we take on King of the Mountain, Chapter 3, Unmaking the Sculptor, and take on the maze of Genhara the Black-Winged.
This episode of Dice for Roll would not have been possible without the support of our patrons. Silgris Lobo, Nick Roberts, Phoebe Jeebies, Daisy Gilliam, Lux Rexus, Better and Stormcrow, Sam Stryker, Tony Saunders, Mita, Arave, Varian the Girls, GP Dora, Marshmallow Perry, Farrick Falcon, Luis Loza, Ares, Alexander Criswell, May Cohen, Skyly, Kendra West, Genuinely Tricked, Transgirl Trish, Platonic, Bal Punyon, Giant the Catman, Matthew Wilson Krasnovich, Tillon Shark, Glitch HD, Jace Snooks, Zenith Drums, Jonathan Love, Sophia Varlera, G Barbera, Luke, Gideon, Sarah B, Seth, Ravona Darkglow, Kira, Lichelope, Gizmo, Talison, Cass, Fable McElduff, Ava, Rem T. Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Steph, Sean C, Natasha Lumley, Rhiannon C, Ellie, Jenna Mitchell, Kane Kendrick, Sky Evangeline, Triceratops, Anna Maria, Jordan, Cynical Spinsters, Emma Derna, John DeBocator, SXXX Seeker, and Dane Valerie Turd. If you'd like to see what you can get for helping us keep it rolling, check out patreon.com slash today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.